brother! Ben, we've all heard it hundreds of times. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. And just a few days ago, that exact thing happened in our Discord server. Flames erupted everywhere and it has been ablaze ever since. Which can only mean one thing. We need the Avatar. Or else that we need Avatar content on this channel. Ah, we have talked about diving into this fandom forever, and now that it's finally on Netflix and it feels more accessible than ever, it just, I don't know, the timing felt right. Plus, last week on Twitter, I asked if you guys had any questions about the series, and the response was overwhelming. Now, don't worry, we will still be covering everything else we have always talked about here on the channel. We are just broadening our horizons and diving into one of my favorite things. And so, to kick things off, we are going to try and answer one one of the questions about the show that has always left me feeling very perplexed, which is why did the Fire Nation kill all the dragons? Okay, so in case you need a refresher, when we first meet Aang, Katara, and Sokka, it is 100 years into a war started by the Fire Nation, which is a really long time for a war. Especially when you consider how big of a victory the Fire Nation celebrated on day one when they wiped out the entire Air Nation. Like, how were they able to achieve such a big win on day one and then immediately arrive at a stalemate for like 99 years? I mean, defeating the Air Nomads at all would have been a big deal, but to do it in one day is like downright impressive. From their point of view anyway, for the rest of the world, just a ginormous net loss. But their victory is actually probably even more impressive than you realize. First of all, according to Aang, the only way you can even get to an air temple to begin with is on the back of a flying bison, like Appa. The only way to get to an airbender temple is on a flying bison. And I doubt the Fire Nation has any flying bison. This is because three of the four air temples are located extremely high in the mountains where, yes, they have landing pads for their bison, but they have no other real entry point. No roads or bridges or paths or anything. True, the western air temple is built into the side of a valley, so maybe you could like descend your way in, but still, that's only one out of four, and there's still no roads or paths or bridges or anything. And then on top of just getting there to begin with, the other thing the Fire Nation has to contend with is the Air Nomads themselves. The Air Nomads are particularly unique compared to the other three nations because every single Air Nomad can airbend. It's not like the other nations where it's a mixed bag of some people can bend, but most people can't. This makes every single member of the population a difficult enemy to face. Plus, you're just already on their home turf where they can use the terrain to their advantage. And like, I don't know if you've seen Star Wars, but having the high ground, kind of a big deal. But they've got more than the high ground. They've got the high air. They can like fly around on gliders and bison and stuff. And you might be thinking, well, yeah, sure. Maybe they do have those advantages, but it's not as if the Aramads were like a race of warriors or anything. And that's a fair point. I mean, for the most part, the air nomads were a pacifist people. I mean, as an entire culture, they don't eat meat, they preach forgiveness, and they are much more in tune spiritually with nature than the other three nations. But that's not to say they can't or won't fight. I mean, 
scene, when we meet Aang, he's just a 12-year-old kid without any real combat training, and yet he is still easily able to take down veteran Fire Nation soldiers, including Prince Zuko. <laughs> Plus, look at this room where Aang eventually finds the corpse of his dead mentor, Monkey Atso. It's a pretty depressing scene, especially for Aang, but something that doesn't really get addressed in the show that really stood out to me was not just the dead body of Gyatso, but the insane number of dead Fire Nation soldiers in the room. I mean, Gyatso is in there by himself, and it looks like even though he eventually loses the fight, he went out with a serious bang. But Whatever, good for him. It still doesn't answer the question, how did the Fire Nation soldiers even get up there to begin with? It might not feel like a real issue. You might be thinking, uh, don't they have those cool wall climbing tanks and hot air balloons and can't like some of them even use firebending to fly? Well, yes and no. By the time we meet Aang and friends, yes, the Fire Nation has some very cool toys, but those awesome wall climbing tanks are very new inventions and would not have been around 100 years ago when they first launched their attack. The balloons we actually get to see invented, and it's not even by the Fire Nation, it's by the Mechanist and Sokka, although the Fire Nation does swiftly steal the idea and it basically almost goes on to ensure their victory in the war. And as for using firebending and fire flying their way up? I mean, yeah, it is possible, but the technique is very difficult and only really advanced firebenders would even be capable of it. Again, not impossible, but to suggest an entire army could successfully get up there and then defeat the air nomads on their home turf, it just isn't very likely. Although, to be fair, the reason they are attacking on the day they are attacking is because Sozin's Comet has appeared in the air and that gives like all the firebenders like plus 10 to firepower. Very useful when you don't have the high ground. You know who didn't have plus 10 to fire? Anakin. So sure, maybe Sozin's Comet would have allowed a greater number of firebenders to fly their way up the mountains, but it's still a very limited time they have to work with, and it'd be a brand new skill they were learning on the fly. Ah, get it? Nailed it. Feeling good today. But okay, so if none of those are the answer for how they got up to the temples, then how did they do it? Well, based on the title of this video, I'm sure you can already guess what my theory is. Dragons. This would explain a lot. I mean, not only can they fly, which would solve that problem, but they could also carry lots of troops on their back and are they themselves weapons of mass destruction. Now, admittedly, the temples themselves are all still pretty intact, so it's possible the dragons themselves weren't actually attacking, but even if they could just drop off hordes of troops at once, that would be pretty effective, especially in a surprise attack situation. Besides that, we already know Sozin himself had a dragon, and according to Aang, when he was a kid, before, you know, being frozen for a hundred years, there were dragons everywhere. Roku had a dragon, and there were plenty of dragons when I was a kid. Well, they aren't around anymore, okay? And according to Zuko, the dragons were the original firebenders. The original firebenders were the dragons. So it really doesn't seem like a stretch that the Fire Nation would have access to a lot of them. But then the question is, if they had dragons and they used them so successfully to take out the Air Nomads, 
why did they start killing them off? I mean, the ability to control the skies or just fly at all is the difference maker the Fire Nation has been looking for for a literal century. This defeat is the gateway to many victories. I don't know how many times I can reiterate it, but the high ground matters, especially in a world where things can't fly. Walls are really effective when things can't fly. If you're wondering why you don't just build walls around stuff anymore as like a layer of defense, it's because things can fly. That's the reason. Also, it's a bad idea and it costs a ton of money and no one really supports it and whatever. But seriously, the reason the Fire Nation can't defeat the Northern Water Tribe is because they have to approach it on water and the waterbenders have a huge advantage there. That advantage being water. The reason they can't topple the Earth Kingdom is because they can't get into Ba Sing Se and the reason they can't get into Ba Sing Se is because giant wall. I mean, Iroh does get through it after like a 600 day siege, but then he immediately withdraws his troops and they repair it. So boy, what a waste of two years from their perspective, from the rest of the world net gain. But if they can fly, that pretty much ends the war all at once. You can just fly over the water. You can just fly over the wall. Why would you kill off such an awesome advantage? Well, according to Zuko, the tradition of hunting dragons was started by his great-grandfather, Sozin. Zuko, something happened to the dragons in the last hundred years. Something you're not telling me. My great-grandfather Sozin happened. He started the tradition of hunting dragons for glory. They were the ultimate firebenders. And if you could conquer one, your firebending talents would become legendary. But this is just so stupid. I mean, the advantage of using dragons versus the prestige of killing one is just dumb. Honestly, I think that was just propaganda used by Sozin to get people on board with the idea. But I think his real motives are actually much more in line with why he decided to kill off the air nomads to begin with, which was to prevent the rise of another avatar. Sozin's first strike comes 12 years after the death of the last avatar, Avatar Roku. He knows the Air Nation is next in the cycle to give birth to an avatar, so he waits 12 years until the comet appears in the sky so he can strike and wipe them all out at once. And figures, hey, at this point, at worst, he's up against a 12-year-old kid who isn't a fully realized avatar. I can probably take him. The ginormous irony being that he wipes out literally everyone except the Avatar, and then a 12-year-old kid defeats his grandson anyway, so. But it's a dumb plan either way, because even if he did kill Aang, it would just mean that the Avatar would be immediately reborn into one of the Water Tribes. That said, though, he's probably not thinking the war is gonna last a hundred years, and that by the time the next Avatar is born and grown up, it will be long since over. The problem he runs into, though, is that he has no way of being certain that he killed the 12-year-old air avatar. And according to his fire sages, that avatar is still alive. So now he has the tricky situation where he has to make sure that avatar doesn't grow up and, you know, exact revenge for killing off the rest of his entire people. And it's a problem that gets worse for him every single day. I mean, every day he doesn't find the avatar, he potentially becomes a bigger and bigger threat who knows more and more about controlling the elements. Except that Sozin does have at least one ace up his sleeve, which is that he can prevent this avatar 
avatar from becoming fully realized by making sure he doesn't learn firebending. He probably could have been reasonably certain or even could have controlled for no Fire Nation citizen to teach the avatar firebending, but that would still leave the original firebenders, the dragon. The dragons, while a tremendous asset to the war effort, are also the biggest threat because they could still teach the Avatar how to bend fire. In fact, this is exactly what happens when Zuko loses his juice and him and Aang head to the ruins of the Sun Warriors to learn about the origins of firebending. That was a really weird sentence. But both Zuko and Aang are taught the Dance of the Dragons, an original form of firebending by Shaw and Ra, who are actual dragons. And this is not only where Aang learns firebending, but also the true essence of firebending, which is energy and life, not destruction like he had previously believed. All this time, I thought firebending was destruction, but now I know what it really is. It's energy and life. And who he learns that from is also the dragons themselves, which is another reason Sozin might not have wanted them around. See, most of the firebenders we meet in the show, including Zuko for most of it, use hatred and rage and anger to fuel their firebending. But it is clear when he and Aang meet Ron and Shaw that they are not interested at all in teaching firebending to anyone who's going to utilize it in that way. I mean, they literally judge them to figure out if they they are worthy to be taught firebending, which of course they were. But it makes me think that the dragons as a whole would have been very uninterested in helping the war effort that used firebending in this unnatural way. Again, I'll point to the air temples, which are not destroyed, suggesting the dragons didn't actually attack. So ultimately it comes down to this. I think on day one, the dragons were used successfully to scale the mountains and attack the air nomads, after which they became extremely uninterested in what the Fire Nation was doing with the war. But if they weren't going to help and they could possibly teach the Avatar how to firebend, they had to go. So Sozin promoted killing them as sport as a way of demonstrating your own mastery of firebending. And that is why the Fire Nation really killed the dragons. We mentioned earlier that they had recently invaded our Discord server and I have, I have bad news on that front. They have indeed conquered the server and are now using our members to light fire to the towel section down below. So if you would like to like, I don't know, help us fight back against the flames, please leave a comment using whatever emoji best represents what elemental nation you are from. And thank you again in advance so much for your support of this video. If you have any other questions about Avatar The Last Airbender you would like us to look into, please also leave those in the towel section down below. Watch out for the fire. But guys, thanks as always for watching today's video. Please remember to leave a like on it and subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss any future Avatar content from us. While we've got the heat here, you know what that might be good for is uh, popping up some popcorn. So maybe you want to check out our podcast, popcorn culture. But otherwise, thanks for watching. Ben, I will see you in another life.